You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. Welcome back once again to the Area 52 podcast. What's that? Two two weeks in a row? What happened? How did we manage? It's like looking around like, what? Yeah. How, did we, how, did we, how did we pull it off? I was looking back over the release schedule on iTunes, you know, kind of just looking back over where they were. There were some months we did like four in a month where we literally got got here every week. And I'm like, man. We used to be very good about it. Yeah. On top of it. Well, it's just because we get busy Stupid and life, life, life gets in I the way. I think we're still okay about yeah, it. Yeah, because we got this and we'll have another one this Are month. Are we still like yeah, allowing the crutch of the holidays to be our excuse? Well, I mean, now there's a new holiday. Yeah. Still a holiday. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it, go, it goes, it's like, you know, you got Halloween, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, right. New Year's, definitely Valentine's Day, yeah. St. Patrick's Day, Boy. Easter. Whoa. Oh my Spring. God. I'm getting overwhelmed. And then Memorial Day. Stop. Yeah. A Memorial Day. <laughs> Too many. And then, is there a June? Is there a June? School gets out. Pres- no, that's in January. <laughs> there's something. Well, listen, February. also, there's well, listen, other, there's not- other like, Countries that have their own holidays too, yeah. like that's what we have here. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. I'm just yeah. it's a steady stream for us. It's for our excuses. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This this month we um, we have, and and I think most countries hopefully celebrate this because it's kind of, you know it's a celebration of love. It's a fun holiday, Valentine's Day, right? It's a celebration. Now there's always like the detractors who go, oh, I don't like Valentine's Day. You know, we don't need a day to love Did each other. Did you say the tractors? Detractors. detractors. Oh, the people taking yes, away. there are also tractors. Taking away from his Farm equipment farm who are pissed off. Going to plow down that Valentine's Day. I'm out here <laughs> harvesting corn and sugar beets. And they're Got giving each other. growing everywhere. Gummy bears <laughs> and chocolate hearts. I don't know why I asked. I've never eaten the ears off know. a chocolate rabbit first. I hate these crops. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Detractor. I, I, get, I, don't I apologize awareness for day. everyone. The fights. I hate the fights, you guys. Like, when you work in, like, the service industry, it's scary to go to bars and restaurants on Valentine's Day. Do you happens. see the public it's not breakups? The lovely, yeah. It's not the lovey-dovey, like, oh, we've been, I mean, it is a lot of the times you Tell do me. get the really happy Tell couples that are having good things. But What's usually the main it's like, factor? What well, causes usually, it? It's Valentine's Day. You better take me out. God damn it. You know what I mean? Like it's like forced mm-hmm. that they go out. And then the expectations aren't met. And then they blow up and they bring up every issue they've ever had in their relationship right. in public. <laughs> then you got to call the cops. Like It's yeah, not have you, what's fun. The, let me ask you this. <laughs> this is this. What is the what is the craziest thing you as a person has seen in the service industry on valentine's yeah tell me i wish they would have thrown the whole table over but they just threw their dinner at their partner really they wasted their food okay when you say you used a lot of pronouns which i don't want to expose where it happened no 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 no. that's fine you don't have to say the restaurant or the names but like, was it? Uh, it was spaghetti. Was, but was it like a girl throwing oh it into gosh. the face of a man? It was a girl. Like you know how girls and I like it when girls do this because I just think it's so dramatic when they like throw a drink on someone and they're like, yeah. ah, boom. Yeah, it was like that, but it was a plate of spaghetti. I've never had like, that satisfaction of throwing boom. anything at someone, <laughs> you know, like well, water or something. Valentine's Day's coming up, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be him. You can throw it at anybody. <laughs> 
It'll probably just break out into a giant fight and everyone will fight. Were they like, you know, doing the whole, he's eating one to the spaghetti and she's oh, eating like the, the other. Oh, like the And then it broke out. Like, was there, was there, you know, even more to this? <laughs> no, there was I no. just want there to be. There was you know nothing what, that's sweet. Cool, I mean, there was just arguing and then that. Spaghetti's messy. <laughs> that was the end of the argument. Yeah. Could have been like a steak, you know? That's not, that's not as fun. Let's not talk about steaks. Okay. Oh, is that bringing back memories? She's like, yeah, you don't know how to you know what went nom. down at the, at the steakhouse. <laughs> See, I never really PTSD saw anything like that. I, I, I waited tables, but I never saw like any kind of like Usually huge it's just arguments. It's not, it doesn't get that. I never really drunks, was... I've seen drunks, yeah, but not drunks. specifically Valentine's drunks. Yeah, even drunks. It's... Yeah. Usually that kind of stuff. I mean, I love drama, of course, so it's usually just amusing. <laughs> oh, but, yes. But now, every now you... and then it escalates and you're like, oh, God. And it usually does Valentine's Day because it's got such emotion around the holiday. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. Just, Let me ask you this. People are wound so tight. How, how, what is your feeling towards Valentine's Day as as a... As a whole, as a concept. I mean, there are people who, who say, why, right, there's people who awareness. hate, right, the single awareness day, there's single that side again of it. this year. Right, there's people <laughs> like who are just like, we don't need, we I don't need. I everything, I'm going to have dinner with my cat, blah, blah. I think, I, I think these are, I think we're getting I to think, know exactly like, how no, we feel. Really, I feel like I'm we've not. had a breakthrough today. <laughs> I'm not like that, I don't have any yeah, there problem was a lot, with that. There was a lot of like instantaneous. And keywords, cat, you know. Well, that's what people always throw on me because no. I'm alone. I have oh, a cat. Yeah. I'm so just going to be sitting at home I'm in my Jason jersey. I wish. <laughs> I wish I was sitting at home on Valentine's Day. Oh my God. Being alone on Valentine's Day would be a dream come true for me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have no problem with the holiday. As a single person, I think it's great. I think everyone should celebrate their love. It doesn't oh have God. to be just for, you know, your partner. You can... Sure. You like know, celebrate loving your family, your loving your neighbors, loving just your letting friends. people know their love. Yeah, yeah. like right. anything that's going to put more sweet. love into the world, I am all on board for. I'm completely a romantic. It doesn't matter that I'm sure. single with a cat. I still have no problem and that's a, with that's an love awesome, or happiness. That's right. an awesome outlook. And I, I feel like that's how it should be. I I, uh, I learn a lot from uh, from my awesome wife because she's... She's so generous. Aww. No, I mean honestly, she, is, she brought me cupcakes. She, well, she loves Today, to. She I'm loves. So happy. Thank I love you. you. She <laughs> loves to cook and she loves you. to You're bake wonderful. and she loves to give and it's just it's awesome and uh, and so yeah, I mean you know it doesn't matter um, what side of Valentine's you're on. Like you said, you don't have to. Um, you know, it, you can you can just it's a celebration of the idea of love and letting people yeah, know that they are loved nice. and that they're appreciated is something we can do all the time. Um, but because there's just lots of fun decorations for it in the stores right now. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, all. all the little yeah, hearts. different. Let me tell you something, everybody. <laughs> I I got the I got the privilege of going to Michael's twice <laughs> this weekend. It was a t- it was a double Michael's craft store weekend for this guy. <laughs> Technically, oh, yeah. as a single Hold woman on. with a cat, I should have a frequent shopper card there. Put <laughs> <laughs> a yarn section. Have you guys not ran into each other at Joanne Fabrics yet? <laughs> right. Yeah, this is weird. Um, but because of the of the podcast that we are, and because of who uh, who's on this podcast, we had to look into uh, the dark, the creepy, the freaky. Uh, I had side. no idea. I just want to say that right now. I had no idea. Yeah, there was, the, and and the funny thing is, is it's not it's not necessarily one of those holidays where like 
you know, uh, we did our Christmas episode a long time ago about how Christmas can be darker around the globe and you can have like different traditions and dark origins. Well, how, uh, sorry, Halloween, Valentine's uh, has basically um, a pretty simple origin story. And it was very succinct. I found this little clip from the History Channel. It's like three minutes. And it's a very succinct uh, description of the uh, origins of the holiday. This Valentine's Day, spoil your special lady There's with an a... eternity rose. An eternity rose is a real rose. There's an ad. Spoil your lady with an eternity rose first, though. Before you before you learn about the... <laughs> they knew this was Valentine's, those fuckers. We're going to get all the ads. any guarantees as to the origins of Valentine's Day. But we do know it contains vestiges of the early Christian church and ancient Rome. The association between mid-February and romance goes back to a pagan festival known as Lupercalia, likely honoring either Lupa, the she-wolf of Rome, who suckled Romulus and Remus, or Faunus, their god of fertility. The festivities began with an animal sacrifice. Then the ritualistic slapping of young women with strips of the animal's skin and blood Ooh. to bestow <laughs> fertility for the coming year. Yep. No, I, I just want to... it. I just want to go back and as part of if you want to be traditional if you want to be old school valentine you sacrifice an animal and then you take a just a strip of its flesh you don't want like a big old probably like the tail could work real good you could use the tail I would say maybe just a good a good nice whelping of side flesh and you beat your woman uh, out of love, though. Out of love, sure. Just to show you love her. Well, and then the following year, Follow. she's going to be real fertile because nothing because says fertility. By animal like a good whipping. Like, yeah. Oh. Like fresh animal flesh beatings. Okay. <sighs> Century, perhaps in an effort to Christianize the pagan festival, Pope Gelasius declared February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. As for the real St. Valentine, there were reportedly several canonized by the church. Legend has it that one Saint Valentine, a defiant Roman priest, lived during the third century AD under Emperor Claudius II. Claudius was an ambitious ruler. His battles required vast armies of men to abandon their young families for long periods of time, resulting in a military that was half-hearted and homesick. So determined was Claudius to stop love from sapping the will of his armies, he banned marriages altogether. Father Valentine thought the ban unjust and defied the emperor, continuing to marry young lovers in secret. The emperor in eventually Vermont. caught on to the priest's actions, arrested him, yeah. and sentenced him to death. It is believed that young couples he had secretly wed would visit his cell, passing him flowers and notes through the bars as symbols of their gratitude. The story continues that the condemned Father Valentine fell in love with his jailer's daughter. On February 14th, the day he was executed, it is said your, he passed the young girl daughter to jail a bunch. It was signed, From Your Valentine. A tradition was born. So sad. Cupid, oh, awful matchmaker, started out as the Roman god of love, inspired the image of cherubs for Christians, and is now a favorite of card makers and mass marketers. Our modern Valentine's Day, removed from its religious and pagan past, <laughs> has evolved into past. one of the most celebrated holidays on the calendar. On average, and no more flesh strips. Their loved ones with a, a lot, lot more cupcakes and chocolates. <laughs> naturally, 
roses, and almost 36 Let's bring million heart-shaped boxes of candy. Not to mention all those cards, dinners, and diamonds. Right? It's crazy. All told, the holiday brings in almost $14 billion annually, giving retailers mm. plenty to love as well. But if you're worried that you can't afford to treat your loved one properly next Valentine's Day, take heart. The poets were right. Love is really all you need. All right. History Channel. Now, here's the thing, though. Honestly, now, there are sides to this. You know, when you look at the origins of this, and you go, okay, as most things, these holidays that we have Christianized or, you know, tamed, tend to have started in some sort of paganistic, you know, futility ritual. Like a stabby pass. Yeah. Stabby murderous pass. Well, there was. It was blood sacrifice. It was sex. It was fertility. It was, you know, it was... It was everything that the Christianity was against, and it's Super funny sketch. that Even now the same Valentine and, thing is sad though. I mean, he gave his first Valentine on his way to execution. Well, oh. again, and in and but that's a Christian side, as as it goes, yeah, as the legend as goes, it's told. But I mean, I, again, I have a hard time believing this jailer was just like, listen, here's my daughter. My daughter <laughs> comes with me to work every day. Enough that you shall fall in love with her and create a legend. Like, I mean. <laughs> Create a holiday. Yeah. I like, was she sneaking into the jail? Does she have access? Like, there's a lot of questions She's about that. She's the warden. The, yeah, we need to look into this case. Like, a, she bought, like, brought him cupcakes. Or a flesh strip. Yeah. You never know. Would you, would, would you possibly whip me Don't with this flesh, sir? flesh strip, please. Oh, oh, oh madam, My I... My love. I, I, I did not, I was not aware. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> The original Valentine's were flesh strip. <laughs> I, I've, brought you, I've brought you this bloody strip of flesh, Mum. Flesh. I'll do little hearts in it. <laughs> oh my little god! Chicken hearts. But chicken see, heart. then again, and it's funny because what do we do? We take a holiday that is pagan, and then we turn it into a Christian holiday. Of course. And then our god becomes money, and it becomes say, about yeah, commercialism. Yeah. Every one of them: Halloween, Christmas. All of it has all been Thanksgiving, all of it, the historical nature of it, it gets whatever the fuck, and it becomes about the economy. And that's really what these all have. And people have these problems. I I mean, everything like, you know, even here, the 4th of July and things like that, Independence Day. Right. Red, white, and blue. You got to get those hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, everything has has something fucking that you can go out and do, and, and it becomes... Um, you know, commercialized. But I mean, today we're not here to argue uh, whether or not Valentine's Day is commercialized, uh, pagan in its in its. Because who gives a shit? It's it's going to happen. It's a holiday. You know, you're going to celebrate it. You're not going to celebrate it. You have your opinions about it. We're not going to sway you. But what we do want to talk about is crimes and uh, incidences and things that have happened on Valentine's Day that you may not have heard of. Now. Um, there's a bunch uh, of these, a few in particular that um, we we found that I want to talk about. But I found this really cool list that was about these different horrific things that had happened. Some of them are just like murders and incidences. Um, but some of them I want to kind of break down a little further as we go. Um, but uh, I just wanted to play some of this. This is like there's some really. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hope you're all having a great day. This and guy welcome is called to Iceberg. The 10 most horrific Valentine's Day occurrences. Warning. 
This contains a lot of graphic material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Uh-oh. You've been warned. You both, all, both of you in here have both been warned, too. Number 10, <laughs> the North Illinois University shooting of 2008. On February 14th, 2008, in DeKalb, Illinois, a student, Stephen Kazmierczak, opened fire shortly after 3 p.m. using an arsenal of guns. His arsenal contained a 12-gauge shotgun, a 19-millimeter semi-automatic glove, Lock, a .380 ACP P232 and a .380 ACP CF380. Kazmierczak horrifically managed to kill six people, including himself, and injured 21 other people. The whole incident happened on the campus's coal hall between 3:05 p.m. and 3:11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Kazmierczak entered a lecture hall with 120 students in it during an oceanography session. The incident erupted when Kazmierczak opened fire into the crowd of students using his shotgun. Then once he did that, he shot at his instructor. Some of the students were trying to escape, and some of them were hiding under or in between seats. When Kazmierczak paused to reload, students shouted, he's reloading, and tried to escape. Others were still hiding in shock. After using all six shotgun rounds, he continued shooting with a Glock pistol firing approximately 50 rounds. Kazmierczak shot himself before the police arrived. A total of 25 people were shot, four died directly at the place of the incident, including the perpetrator, and two died shortly shortly after taking off to a hospital. This shooting is ranked as the fifth deadliest university shooting in the United States history. Number nine. Right. Uh, I think, you know, the funny thing was is, is funny thing is not the right terminology. Uh, I think it's sad that I'm watching this list and we live in a country where like, I haven't heard of the fifth worst university shooting. I hadn't heard of the North. Me neither, uh, and that you know. kind of surprised me because I felt like I was staying on top of them, you know? Right. And I was like, oh, my God, we really have had that many. That I mean, there's been what? There are ones just slipping through that I don't know 20 about. 20 this year. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's year, it's, or last year was really I bad. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Um, but, I mean, I think it's sad uh, that for some people, just because... And this wasn't necessarily something that had anything to do with Valentine's Day. It just happened to happen on Valentine's Day. And for some people, that probably ruined that holiday for them forever. Yeah, he might have picked that day for a reason. Maybe. Possible. I don't know much about his his intent, but it's sad. Murder of Tiana Notice in 2009. A 25-year-old prodigy student early in her life was skipping two classes and doing the first year of college while at the same time finishing her last year of high school. After her ex-boyfriend, James Carter, slashed the tires of her car and left a creepy notice on her front door, he returned on February 14, 2009 and viciously stabbed her many times into her chest. Six months into their relationship, Carter was sentenced to five months in jail for domestic abuse of his previous girlfriend, and Tiana learned he also had a rap sheet for other numerous violent crimes, including assault. Tiana's dad speculated that he was cheating on her. They broke up and Tiana was forced to take out a restraining order against him. Carter was furious that she took out a restraining order on him and started accusing Tiana of assaulting him, kicking his headlights or taillights off, and punching him in the face. Tiana was harassed with phone calls, texts, and emails, and because of that, Tiana had to visit the police station 33 times in six weeks, but nobody took her serious. Before the murder, Carter was previously stalking her, showing up wherever she was, out with her friends, at work, or just grocery shopping. Carter was there. Tiana once returned to her home finding a notice saying, Tiana, forgive me. I never cheated on you. If I'm lying, may God take my life. 
forgive me for everything else I've done. On Valentine's Day evening, Tiana was returning to her apartment to pack a bag. Carter was lurking around the apartment complex and then stabbed her 20 times, twice in the heart as she was going to the front door. She still somehow found the strength to call 911. She was rushed to the local hospital but died after losing too much blood. That's, again, I think, you know, obviously when you think of Valentine's Day, you think of relationships that have gone wrong. Mm -hmm. You think of incidences where that kind of, you know, if if you're having trouble in your relationship, that idea of the day for love, the day for relationships can really stir those emotions up. And and uh, in the case of this, I mean, he went he went to the next level. Oh, it's awful, too, because she was trying to get help for so long, and it's just like... 33 times in six weeks. Yeah. I mean, what, what is that per week? Ugh. That's, I mean, that's almost, that's almost every day. That's six times. Yeah, that's six that's times a, a week. About six times a week that you have to go. I mean, how many times do you have to go to the, the it's police? It's like everybody would know who it was when she showed up killed, you know? It's like, well, there was that guy that was stalking her, and the cops did shit about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's, like, my biggest issue there is also what's, like, what's, what's up? Cops, yeah, like, why are you not scary? What, what, how does, how does anything such a time? fail like, on domestic violence? Anyway, yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, how many times does it take? And somebody like that, I think, like on Valentine's Day, they should be put in like protective custody or something. I mean, because like you know, it's going to boil to a head right then. Yeah, like Valentine's Day and whatever their anniversary is. You know, and that's it's like that's, that's when he's going to kill her. That's also one of those things. It's like you know, we 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 were. Um, I can't remember what we were watching. It was something about um, a lady that was afraid of her son. Or, and you start, you know, thinking about, like, kids that have committed murders or things like that, loved ones. And you go in, and it's like they haven't done anything yet, right? They just exhibit these behaviors. They just have these kind of uh, patterns or whatever. They scare you because of their reactions mm-hmm. to things. And then the police take your report. But then at some point, you still have to go back home and be with them. Yeah. Like, you still have to go back home and be and around your kid. you don't know kid. what they're going to do. No, like, you just sit there ugh, until what, scary. right? Until somebody yeah. kills somebody. And then it's too late. And she even had a Number. restraining order. Yeah. I mean. That's just a piece of paper. There's only so it's much not, you can do. It's not like a, you know, I mean, what if you had like uh you know, because how, how people have to have, like, little ankle monitors. I can't yeah. imagine it wouldn't be too hard to have two things. A sensor. And, like, if, if you it get gets too close. Like, magnets. Like, those magnets that rebel each something, other. Something. It goes <laughs> off. I mean, it, like you said, it's a fucking piece of paper. Yeah, You're right. What is, gonna... what is I that? I mean, like, the fo- their phones have GPS on them. I could just say yeah. if the phone detected that it was too so, like, close warning, to her. Warning, warning, like, warning. Right. Send a notice to the police. It's like, hey, he's close to her. No way, Jose. I send, don't know. Send a car. Let's make an app. Good idea, but I mean honestly, that I why why is a restraining order just a piece of paper? Well, she has a restraining order. Oh, yeah. oh, good. What is? Oh, that solves everything then. Yeah, it's and on then his fridge. She's murdered. Oops. Yeah. Oh, it's it's horrible. And anything like that, you know. I mean, no matter how you feel, no matter where you're at in your relationship, Jesus Christ. Great. The murder in Belton Bridge Park. 2010. This case of a cheating wife hiring a hitman and using Valentine's Day trust to lure her fifth husband to his death is actually pretty crazy, and it just amuses me what some people are capable of. She was ready to go through all this just to get her husband's $500,000 life insurance. Mother of three, Stacy Shoke. 38 years old, contacted her co-worker Lenitra Ross to help her find a hitman. 
they ended up finding a personal trainer who calls himself Mr. Results. In pretense of exchanging Valentine's cards in a romantic spot, Richard Shulk was lured into an isolated spot in Belton Bridge Park, about 68 miles northeast from Atlanta, Georgia. Instead, Reginald Coleman, aka Mr. Results, was waiting there and shot Mr. Shulk to death. The two women arranged this entire ordeal over just one meal at a Mexican restaurant. Stacy Shulk gave her co-worker a house and gave Coleman $10,000 as a bounty. Later in court, she admitted that she's responsible for the plot against her husband and that she had an affair in order to avoid a death penalty. She was sentenced to life in prison. Ross never admitted to her role in the plot, but also sentenced to life, while Coleman pleaded guilty and also ended up getting a life sentence in prison. I like this story because of Mr. Results. Yeah. I <laughs> And I just, I think it's so weird like how if your coworker asks you to help them find a hitman, like don't do it. Like it's yeah. so weird to me how they came up with this plot together. Like yeah, let's it, go to dinner and decide to kill my husband for get money. Burritos and yeah. plot a murder. Like, what the hell? All right. Hell? Yeah, we were watching that video about that lady who uh uh like high was gonna hire somebody to kill her husband, they, and it ended up being like a cop, and uh, she got the whole thing like they and and that's happened before where the cop <laughs> comes in and you and you know it sets was like in Jersey, right? Jersey, Florida, my so oh, Jersey, maybe Florida is one of the two. Yeah, it was either <laughs> so Jersey weird. or it's probably happened in both. Or it happens South all Jersey. the time. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, but it was, I mean, you, you... All those murder stories where somebody's like, oh, can you help me find a hitman? And then the person's like, oh, sure, I can do that for yeah. you. And then they go to the cops, Hold and then on. the cops set up like a sting. Let me call yeah. Mr. Results. <laughs> but, but if you get a hold of Mr. Results, That's then right. you're in luck. You're going to get <laughs> results. <laughs> That's what he does. I think, you know, I mean, the, the, the sad part about that is that he was lured to a, a park on the idea that he was going to be exchanging gifts with his wife for Valentine's Day. God, that's so awful. It's freaking terrible. So evil. Yeah, so Aww. it's sad. And uh, all three people involved got what they deserved, life in prison. And I, I mean, you know, it's premeditated. Totally premeditated. I, I think At a Mexican you, restaurant. Yeah. Uh, over one meal, too. <laughs> over like, one meal. It wasn't listen, even like they put a lot of effort into she this. She didn't even go like... <laughs> Let me sleep on this. I mean, they do give you a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> more chips we and salsa. Yeah, we're trying to restaurant. figure out the yeah. guy. I yeah. need a buffet, <laughs> which I love. You know, I appreciate. Yeah, you want to go? Yeah, I want some Mexican food. I know now. I do too. I'm like, come on, come on, wrap it up, Lizarium. <laughs> Number seven, arson in Cicero, February fourteenth, two thousand and ten. Lawrence Myers, a landlord of this an apartment a building in Cicero, one. a small suburb near Chicago, ordered his maintenance man, Marion Andre Comier, to set the building on fire in order to collect a $250,000 insurance policy and move to West Virginia. Myers was deep in debt but still swore to pay Comier for his service. Cormier set the building on fire with gasoline on a back porch. It quickly spread it up the only staircase to the second floor and trapped the tenants. Seven people died, whom six of them were related. They all died during the... 20 years old, and the oh. youngest was just three days old. Hold on, I inhaling the, the smoke. Uh, Keep in mind screen. that the oldest person to die in the fire was 20 years old, and the youngest was just three days old. 
Myers eventually didn't show any emotion while rendering the sentence. He declined an opportunity to speak after victim impact statements were read. After being sentenced to life, Myers, who represented himself throughout the trial, told Kipperman that he was filing an appeal and had sent it through the mail. Cook County Judge Carol Kipperman said she would have sentenced Lawrence Myers to death if Illinois law still allowed such a sentence. That's horrible. I can't even handle how horrible that is. I know. Uh, the fact that, that all of the victims were children. 20, oh, let's call it. Tw- I mean, yeah, 20, you're a kid. kid. You're a kid. And they were all related, meaning that Ooh, they were probably, um, I mean, I'm assuming this was clearly some sort of uh, lower income building. This guy that managed the building looked like a, just a s- slumlord, yep. scumbag. Totally a scumbag. And you have these people who are probably sharing a place Related cousins, something, I don't know. And all the way down to a a brand new baby. Um, Awful. Yeah. Uh, But I'm with the judge. If if Illinois would have allowed the death penalty, there's no no more proper place to apply it than that piece of shit. Seriously. And again, on Valentine's Day. Now, whether or not he chose Valentine's Day for whatever reason, or it was just the day he was like, hey, go burn the building down. For for and let's let's be clear about this. It was it was for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It was a it was a it wasn't like he wasn't even. I mean, I'm not saying there's an amount of money, you know, that's worth it. That's worth I doing know, that. But I it's know. like the te- the twenty million dollar insurance policy. Okay, all right, maybe there's motivation. You did this for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You fucking scummy piece of shit. Yeah, that's disgusting. You killed kids. Like I'm Aww. with. I mean, I'm with him. That you know. If the if the death penalty existed, give it to that piece of shit. Number six, the murder of Suzanne Hamilton, two thousand and one. This story of a love for life is both saddening and shocking. During their marriage, John Hamilton drowned his wife Susan in gifts, starting with a brand new I Porsche. He, he gave her the day they married, <laughs> two exotic vacations, and he. <laughs> Susan Hamilton was found buried in presents. (laughs) Best way to go. Her rib cage caved in by so many diamond necklaces that (laughs) the Porsche. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) That was like the first thing he gave her, right? Was the Porsche. (laughs) Fuck. Ah. All right, hold on. We need to get back to this this woman was was murdered. Everyone, hold on. Not by being crushed to death by, <laughs> by presents. Beautiful house. Friends and family said that they were inseparable Fuck. and very much in love, even after 14 years of marriage. It's Valentine's Day 2001. John Hamilton ordered an expensive arrangement of red orchards for Susan, but never had a chance <laughs> to give them to Let me be fair. <laughs> he means orchids. He did not get her an arrangement of orchards. <laughs> For Valentine's Day. <laughs> just to clarify. Just to clarify, he did not just get her a bunch of trees Who bearing fruit. Who is this fruit. guy? Who that is would this? be an he amazing present. Can you imagine? to bits and gifts <laughs> and vines. Oh, right. Here's a plethora orchards of orchards. And orchards and apples upon apples of love. <laughs> <laughs> We've just fallen off the map with okay. this story. Hold on. No disrespect. None. <laughs> 
to her. He says he came home between surgeries that morning to pick up his diary. What he found was horrifying. His wife lying on the bathroom ground in a pool of blood, strangled with two of his ties, and her head smashed so badly that parts of her brain were visible. Hamilton what? tried to perform CPR and called 911. When rescue workers arrived, he told them that he tried to save her life in despair. John Hamilton stated that when he had surgery around 7 a.m., then went home to exchange Valentine's cards with his wife around 8.50 a.m., but had to return for another procedure. After his second surgery, he had headed home to find his wife dead. A crucial clue was in Susan's card, saying, I bought my cards two weeks ago, so I guess maybe they don't seem as appropriate now. But I do love you. Have a good day. Susan. Hamilton was suspected of her murder because there was no forced entry to her house and nothing was missing. However, the two both had some enemies because they both worked at a gynecology clinic. As said by their friends, anti-abortion protesters occupied their workplace and even their home. The anti-abortion group called themselves the Army of God. They were even supporters of a sniper killing of an abortion provider in 1998. They even faxed Hamilton a wanted poster and bothered him with threatening phone calls the same week that the murder took place. Nobody except Hamilton or the blamed group know the truth to this date, and Hamilton was found guilty despite the absence of a murder weapon and proper evidence. The final trial in court took less than two hours, and the doctor continues to maintain his innocence. Wow. That's an interesting one that because is interesting. now you do have other suspects in this in the case because like they were talking about you know anti-abortionists mm-hmm. do things. However, Strangled with, with ties, ties and smashed and and your head bashed yeah. in. That's a that's a crime of passion. That's not um, yeah. somebody who. I, I really hope it's not people who are like anti-abortion who are like pro-murder. Like that's right. even scarier to think about. And, and, you and know? the ones who do that and and most of those anti-whatever people when they they plan a bomb. They do something, something where they don't like, and they, I feel like there would be some kind of entry, like forced entry somehow. Anything, right? a message, but this, you know, something, you know. I was, I was kind of confused because I thought it meant that like he was having surgery. And he oh was like, yeah, no, he was the hold surgeon. Hold on, just gotta go. <laughs> hold on, I gotta That's go get my wife a car, and he like time. comes back and gets his next procedure done. But then I was like, oh, I get it. My okay. spleen hurts. <laughs> yeah. But what? What is her card? Can you help me with that? Uh, what I what I took the card to mean is that. that she she wrote a message in her card that was found in his car saying something along the lines of, um, I guess, you know, I, bu- I bought my cards a couple weeks ago. I guess they're not appropriate now. Uh, that would lead me to believe, and without looking further into this case, they have that, problems. that maybe in the last two weeks they had decided to get a divorce or move on or something had happened, and she had wrote them two weeks ago, dearest, I love you, and everything, everything's perfect, yeah, and then like- something had happened in two weeks that would lead me to believe that would escalate into an argument that would lead to something personal like that. Oh, yeah, I, that makes more like sense something. now. That, yeah. makes, that, that to me something is how that... Up. Yeah, that's how that looks to me because I I look at that and I I don't know. I I don't see an anti-abortionist coming in and doing something that personal, that kind of personalized murder in the name of anti-abortion. That's that's uh, and again, like you just said, especially since nothing yeah, was no taken way. and nothing was kicked in or kicked out. There was no Oops! I just her horribly killed somebody to the point where their their brain is showing. Yikes. I should Terrifying. probably get up out of here. Yikes! Yeah. Okay. You know who wouldn't be horrified by a brain showing? A doctor. 
Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. Case closed. After <laughs> 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 she said that, I just thought about um, that guy from like CSI Miami was like, <laughs> like you put on the sunglasses. Oh, Horatio. <laughs> yeah, and he Horatio. Like, just takes them off. All. He's like a doctor. <laughs> and they put the sunglasses on. Yeah. I guess the doctor <laughs> is out. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta say a pun after everyone. So that's what now when we saw when you solve you have to come up with a pun and then you gotta take your glasses off. Okay. Okay. Got it. So we'll see what the next one is. Okay. Also, I need some glasses. Number five. Charles Walton, the pitchfork murder. This one's interesting. Listen to this one. This one remains a big question mark shrouded in secrecy and rumors. Walton was said to be a much appreciated member of the community in Lower Quinton Village in South Warwickshire, England. Apparently, he wasn't loved by everyone. On Valentine's Day in 1945, Walton was found with his head beaten with his own stick, throat slashed again with his own slash hook, and his body secured to the ground with his own pitchfork. A cross had been carved into his chest. Quite a horrific and out of the stereotype, which is not good at all in this case for a small English village, would emerge from a Scotland Yard investigation were persistent stories of witchcraft. Had someone suspected the county gentleman of being involved in the occult and cut the cross into his chest as some sort of Christian wrath, nobody talked. Though rumors continue to this day, the persistent visits by curious tourists over the years mean Walton now resides in an unmarked grave. Okay, I looked into this one a little more, and there's a little more to this case than this video goes into, and I thought... Um, I thought this was kind of uh, kind of an interesting case to look into. Um, first of all, um, he was an, an older man, like he was in his seventies, like seventy six years old, but he was still fit enough that he could take on like work and do things. And he worked at a place called the Furs, um, which was this kind of farm that was uh, situated on the slopes of um, this town kind of this area of England where he was from he was from a place called Lower um, I'm probably I apologize to our our UK listeners Lower Quinton uh, Warwickshire 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 <laughs> I feel like I need to take it my lips are all like dry <laughs> Lower Quinton Warwickshire I don't know and they and I don't know I'm sorry for that uh, but he essentially um the, the a lot of the notoriety around this case, the idea that it kind of stemmed from witchcraft, or the idea that that it, there were these uh, satanic uh, carvings or the cross carved in them, is kind of something of lore, because he he was kind of thought of, and this was a time when I mean you're talking, you know, there were still people who believed in witchcraft and things of such, and he was. Um, rumored to have been really good with animals. Like wild animals would come to him. He could tame wild dogs. He could tame wild horses. He could get birds oh, to fly to his hands. Whisper. Right, right. Now we just go, oh, wow, how cool this guy. Oh, it Dr. has a way with words or birds. <laughs> <laughs> T- turds. <laughs> but the point is, is that he has, you know, he's a great way with animals. But back then, maybe it, they were considered a witch. So, um, Here's the thing. Uh, the, the, the main suspect was a man named Alfred John Potter, 
um, who was the man, the manager who ran the Furs there. Um, but what's interesting is when when they gave him the autopsy, it showed that he, um, because this man was elderly, he walked with a walking stick, that he'd been beaten um, up all over his uh, his chest, uh, had broken ribs um, that uh, indicated he'd been beaten with his own walking stick, um, and then he had this this thresher that he would use to clean. To yeah, clean that's it. what I want to know about. I'm like, when they said his own slash hook, I'm like, what? Oh, I don't even it's like, like a, that word. It's like slash a slash hook. He's doing hedges. He's doing hedges. That's what he was trimming up at the furs, and he had been cut with that. Oh, and then geez. his pitchfork had been driven through his neck, securing him to the ground. Oh, he carries horrifying. a lot of stuff that on him horrifying. at one given time. Yeah. Um, he also had defensive wounds, cuts on his hand, and, and bruising on his on his arms, which made it look like he had fought off his attacker. Which you know, obviously, you would. Which right. makes you think that, like, if he had bruising, maybe he had he had turned and you know was fighting, was it was ambushed? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it it uh, it there was a few suspects, mainly, like I said. Um, Potter, he was the first manager. Most people assume that that was uh, the reason he was killed. There was some sort of disagreement, uh, but nobody really knows for sure. There was also um, the witchcraft theory. Uh, but like I said, the the cut, the cross that was supposed to have been cut in this man's chest, which is all why this 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 murder has any notoriety. I mean, other than the fact that it was horrifying, it was unsolved. It was a brutal way for a man to be killed. Sure. But this cross is what's kind of kept it in modern um, mythology, but it's not it, it's it's not in the autopsy report. Hmm. So you would assume that a cross being carved in a man's chest would be something of note, but it is not in the autopsy report. So a lot of people believe that this is something of local legend that people uh talked about or you know said yeah. and it wasn't really the case hmm. interesting um there was a man named james hayward um who was a suspect he had killed another woman named ann Tennen, um who had also he had accused of being a witch and he had also stabbed at her with a pitchfork oh my god and you know um Thanks. and they had said that she had been killed and found in a similar way but it wasn't the case um she was stabbed at with a pitchfork, but she did not have her neck slashed, and she didn't. She wasn't found. She was actually I, like he did this in front of other people. Like there was, it was kind of Ooh, in a public. Witnesses. Holy and then she cow. died at a friend's house. So Jesus, oh my gosh! I think a lot of this is kind of this historical mm-hmm. game of telephone where somebody goes, you know, oh this yeah, happened, and they, yeah, oh, and they found him. His eyes were plucked out. And, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it's a horrible murder. To be sure, the picture from I mean, you can't see. The actual injuries, you can just tell this this is a body and there's a fucking pitchfork coming out of it. Ugh, but you can't yikes. and it's it's terrible, but um but I'm certain that word would have spread and the story would have got uh fattened up real quick in in that case. But it is still an unsolved crime. It's still an unsolved murder. Nobody was ever charged with this and uh and to this day, um he he's nobody's ever been he, he, I guess his murder was the only motive. The work correlation. Yeah, I mean furs. Yeah, I mean differences in the story. Um, you know, little little things that he had said, but nothing enough. I mean, the way the, the, I mean, there was there was ideas. That, you know, well, well, your 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 handprint was found on the pitchfork and on the thing, and he and it was like, well, oh, well, well, maybe I touched it as I as I got his body since I found him, and I 
You know, right. maybe I I touched his thresher. You sure? I yeah, I sure I could. I mean, it, it was said that they had a decent relationship. He'd worked for him for years, and hmm. they never had an argument. He was a they described as a man who was um, fine to get along with, but would speak his mind if he had to. Just why would anybody kill him that way? But I don't know. Now there there was rumor that there well there was a a, a pocket watch that he had always carried. And they said that when they found his body, his pocket watch wasn't on him. Um, and a lot of people thought that that led to the idea being that it was um, robbery was the motive. But years and years watch? later, cleaning out his house or his home or something there, they found the pocket watch. Oh. Now, some people say, oh, well, it's just an old man and he forgot. And other people say, no, this man was had his method, had his daily routine. He wouldn't have forgot perhaps the murderer returned to the scene and gave the pocket watch back, meaning that it was somebody he knew. Again, conspiracy either way. Wow. Um, Interesting. The other the other theory is that nearby to this town of of Warwickshire, um, there was a POW camp where the POWs were allowed to come and go. It was kind of an open POW camp, leading some to believe that it may have been criminals. War criminals hiding in among that that had come across say, an old man. That's very trusting of a POW camp. Yeah, what? Come back. <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. Come back when it gets dark. Yes, okay, we'll be back. <laughs> We're just going to go over here and do German things. It's fine. Don't worry about us. Bedtime and lights out at 10. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. Don't so worry. We just want to go get some strusel. Yeah, and then they come across. I don't know. I mean, that's the idea. But again, this is one of those things that like, it's not photographed enough that, well, here's the spray of the blood and here's where they stood and there was this many oh, footprints. Yeah, I mean, no we don't have that we kind of... We can't go back and look at the forensic evidence. No, you can study two pictures of, of the situation and that's about it, you know, and it's like, it's frustrating because you want to know more about it. You want to talk more about it. You want to look more into it, but you really can't because there's just not that uh, level of information available. So, yeah, it's a frustrating one, but if you want to look into that murder, there is... There's other videos on it, and uh, there's quite a bit of of information about the investigation itself that ended up got going anywhere um, on Wikipedia. So it's an interesting one for sure. Number four, the shooting of Reva Steenkamp, 2013. A lot of you have probably heard of this case because the suspect and convicted was Oscar Pistorius, South African double amputee Paralympic runner, quadruple gold medal winner. On February 14th, 2013, Reva Steenkamp, South African model and Pistorius's girlfriend, was shot through the bathroom door by Oscar Pistorius while she was staying over. Pistorius shot through the door thinking it was a burglar. However, many believe that's a lie and he committed manslaughter. Steenkamp was hit in the hip after falling on the ground. She was shot in the right arm, head, and while she was laying on the ground, she was struck multiple times by a cricket baton. In addition, the bullets used were black talon hollow point ammunition that expanded diameter to stop from penetrating and cause more internal damage to the target. In 2015, Pistorius was found guilty. Although he was sentenced for 15 years minimum, he was jailed for 5 years and in October 2015, he was released into house arrest after serving just a fifth of his sentence. In December 2015, the manslaughter verdict was overturned by South Africa's Supreme Court following an appeal by the prosecution and Pistorius was sentenced again on July 6, 2016 for another 15 years minimum.
Okay. Um, now, this is one of those cases that I think is, is uh, you know, again, w- was probably the absolute biggest thing that's ever hit South Africa. It was their OJ. Yeah. It was their whatever. I mean, it was their biggest. But it was so big that, I mean, everybody kind of heard about it. I mean, this guy was an Olympian. Um, he was, uh, you know, he p- uh, had performed and won at both the Paralympic and the Summer Olympic Games um, competing against, uh, you know, Runners that didn't have, uh, you know, disabilities. He he was that good, that fast, um, and 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 he ends up having this this incident, which, you know, when you hear him describe it, it it just sounds so. I don't know. It's pretty convenient. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, me. I don't know. The bullets. Can we talk about how scary the bullets are? Yes. Yeah, you shoot them out of the gun, and then they expand. To do more internal damage. Yes. That, I didn't even know we had bullets like that. I didn't either. It's That's like the armor crazy. piercing. Yeah, these 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 shredders as they are, and they go. Right. I mean, it's crazy. And here's now he did live, and 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 you know they pointed out in one of the things we watched that South Africa was a place that was um, you know quite dangerous, mm-hmm. and he was uh, not only famous for being the athlete that he was, but the Pistorius family was actually very wealthy and very. Yeah, affluent among so he's South African. So he's probably protective of his stuff. Right. And he had become almost paranoid to a point where he owned a lot of guns and was training with mm-hmm. guns and stuff like that. So he had them in the house. I mean, this was not uh, a man who didn't know his way around a gun and mm-hmm. and uh, he had them in the house. So clearly he like bought those special bullets. He's like yeah, super he hyped way about, knew guns. about guns. What yeah. he says is he um, he he woke up and heard a noise right thinks here's right. somebody coming he's, from the bathroom well he th- yeah he woke up and like you said heard a noise and he he kind of thought to himself well there's no way it could be reva because she was just in the bed but and then he just went to the bath that's where he said he heard like the sound of the ba- the window in the bathroom um and he went in and then he said before i knew it there i had fired four shots through the door so I don't know. He didn't call yeah. out. He didn't do any of those things. Yeah, but you, you, it was it was almost and and they went back on in the trial and it kind of illustrated that they had had an up and down relationship. He was very jealous. He had had a history of not only again domestic violence, yep. jealousy, rage. Yeah, he had also had a history scary. of brandishing firearms. He'd pulled one out at a at a restaurant. And during an argument, slammed it down on the table, and oh Jesus! I hadn't gone off like when he slammed it down, and oh, and he God. got off with a fucking warning. He'd gotten off with a lot of warnings. In fact, wow. there was uh, somebody had said the story of he'd gotten pulled over, had a gun on him, and the officer just took the gun and emptied the bullets out and gave him his gun back and said, wow. "All right, get out of here." That was an ex girlfriend of his before Riva. That's who was with him in the car on that one. And that's, when the cop took the gun into yeah, wow. and she thought that was just so interesting. She goes, "I, you know, I knew he got preferential treatment, but that wow. was pretty crazy." Oh, and man. he was even like put off that he even got pulled over, and yeah. that they took He's the, like, "Don't the you bolt. know who I am?" Mm-hmm. And and I guess because, um, you know, Pistorius is kind of a a, a well known name down mm-hmm. there. They they're kind of amongst the few of the very well known and wealthy names. His family is quite wealthy, and a lot of his brothers are very successful in business so he does kind of get that preferential treatment that celebrity treatment you know that was you know the family backing the family name backing and then of course you know his um 
his credentials from his time in the Olympics. So he kind of had that celebrity status down there. Yeah. But. I mean, look. Again, no forced entry. Seems like. Right. Now he. Now. Something going on. There, there's a lot of interesting things about this. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, in my mind, I, I can think one way. However, we have to we have to keep in mind that when he went to the bathroom, he did not have his prosthetics on. So he had a gun and he was he can walk and move around on oh, his Oh, so he was like shorter than he normally would be. legs as they are. Mm-hmm. Um but he was kind of he he was shorter. He wasn't going to be as as agile as a, as a as anybody would be on their feet. So um yeah, I can understand from that standpoint, right? You you don't necessarily want to put yourself in a, in danger. Yeah. However, just going up to a bathroom that especially when there's someone else there with you. It right and just literally blindly firing into a bathroom rather than going, "I'm armed, I have a gun." Get, you know, yeah, who's, who's in my in bathroom? There or something. You know, anything. Any fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, you can always I, yell out, stand to the side, like, you have a gun. Right. There's the door. Give them a chance. I mean, that's how we see it in the movies anyway. Yeah. But, but you know. There's I, also... I do think it's really interesting that the, well, the, the most interesting part of this is that there were several of his neighbors who responded to to this after this has happened. You know, he, I, in the video, it says that that guy says that he, she was beaten with a cricket bat while she was on the ground. I don't know if that's possible because... No. The door was locked, and it, he says, um, Oscar says that he broke the door down or broke one of the slats down to unlock it with the cricket bat. Right. So, and because that's when he found her. And and by that time, you know, neighbors are coming over because they've heard the shots. But point being is that the neighbors have kind of, they're in a good uh, audible range for what's going on in there. And a lot of them reported a woman screaming before they heard the gunshots. Oh, that's not good. Um. You know, kind of which goes along with the theory that they were having a fight or an argument. Yeah. And there's other evidence to back that theory up, too. Right. Um, well, and also, I mean, there's this picture I, I showed uh, I showed Danny earlier. That's the kind of the 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 layout, the of, layout the of how he would have been. And the way she was shot was. was, it was it's like in her hip. It's on her uh, right hip, her uh, right, like kind of el- through her elbow and then oh, through God. her right temple. And then Jesus. a couple of other times where uh, those were the three that I'm certain of. I think she was shot Ugh. like at least four yeah. times. So or it's more, almost but... like as they show in this diagram, him laying there and just raising the gun and going boom, 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 like up Yikes. right up the body, right oh, from from so his scary. standpoint on the ground. Yeah, it does. And and the way that the bathroom is laid out, it would be, um, she the the toilet is like sitting right underneath this this bathroom window that he was concerned about people coming through. But it's almost like she would have been sitting on the toilet going to the bathroom right. or something like that, which it kind of almost correlates a lot more with the gunshots. But I'm oh, not on the awful. I'm not on the prosecution team, so I don't Yeah. I don't know. This one is really interesting. Well to he me. was found guilty, right? Yeah. Well, at first he was found guilty of like a manslaughter charge, oh, okay. and then they and they just gave him the house arrest. But now they they reversed it to murder, and then they Whoa. put him back in prison. But I think Ooh. he got like six years. Because here's the thing: he didn't argue that he shot her. He said, "I shot her." He said, "I yeah. shot her in an accident." Yeah. So I thought she was an intruder. Right. That's mm-hmm. what's in question: whether or not he truly fucking yeah. thought it was an intruder. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what I would do. Uh, I would assume. Now, here's the thing: you got to go again. Did he legitimately think Riva was in bed? If I got up and I looked over and I saw you in bed and came upstairs and the lights were on and I saw shadows going under one of our doors, I'd probably go, okay, I know she's down there. I just fucking saw her down there. Mm-hmm. Right? What the fuck do I do? Right? I mean... I don't think he ever had that moment. I mean, he says that he thought that she had just been in bed, but I also think there's like a moment where when something happens, you kind of wake up your spouse so that they're aware. You would never just go check and leave them sleeping because what if something happened? You'd want them to be alert, be on their toes. Right. And there, I don't know that there was ever a moment that he obviously never, like, just, you know, especially before you go firing a gun in your house. Yeah. Find out where all the members of the, the, the people the family you know, are, the, yeah. the household Probably are. Probably a good you know, idea I, to I'm, do that first. I'm surprised he didn't, you know, if this were the case, if it were true and it were an intruder, however we know it's not, he would have, like, kind of rolled over and been like, Reba, Reba, there's somebody's in the house. Somebody we got to go yeah, check. Yeah, or right. because something. Right. And, and especially he, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a way that he's not capable, but he is um, a double amputee. So I think that he would kind of have someone to back him up, right. especially like, hey, I don't, I'm not going to hurry and you take you know, the cricket bat, I'll take the gun, right, and I'll meet you there. Like I, I really feel like he would have, and he also would have been able to rule out the fact that she was not in bed, right? Yeah, he didn't yell out. You know, he could have yelled out to her. I just, to me, I, it seems suspicious, and I, I think that the verdict went the right way. Yeah, it's and and not to mention that there were other instances of domestic violence that were reported against him, and and the police were kind of commenting on that. They couldn't give detail, but they just said this is not the first incident that Mister Pistorius has you know had, or where we've been called to his house. So, you know, given that background and um. Friends, testimonies of him being quick to anger mm-hmm. and other instances of, I think he slammed a door and it like hit a girl that was in his house and Jesus. hurt her. And, and so sh- that was one of his domestic abuse charges or something. So and he's got I, a history. I think people had also kind of said that this could have, could have been maybe like a, a type of roid rage. Um, him being uh, the athlete that he is, perhaps the supplements or something he was on. Could have prompted some sort of argument to escalate mm. to this point. Mm. Um, now, and I'm with you, like I said in that, uh, like, um, like the guy said in that video that she was beaten with a cricket bat. I think the minute that you show that her body was beaten with a cricket bat, there wouldn't have been a question that it was murder. Right. And there would have been no case. Right. I think that, I don't know that that's true, that there was any evidence her body was beaten. The second that would have been, like, I don't know how you talked yourself out of that. Right, because I think they were there. What they were really trying to go off of is, okay, fine. If you say it's an accident, we've got to prove that there is reason to believe that he would think that he was in danger for his life. You right. know that this had happened before, or what have you. And what they were really looking for was a time lapse between uh, the the bullets or the the shots or what have you, because undoubtedly after the first one, Reva would have been crying out in pain or, you know. Yeah, it's, made it's, a noise or right. something. And and if there, if that did happen, they could prove that, you know, he kept going. Right. Ugh, he knew. Scary. He full on knew. I, which, to me, I think, I just think you would roll over and you would you would check with your your spouse or your significant other girlfriend, boyfriend, and, and say somebody's in the house. Let's, I just think you would. Right. And I think that would have ruled, uh, ruled out him even needing to think that it, you know, it was somebody. She hmm. wouldn't have been in the bed. I just think it's weird that you get out of bed and you wouldn't notice whether or not your 
girlfriend yeah. or boyfriend was in it. Yeah, I just don't be believe. Weird. I just don't believe I mean, that part. I, that you I don't. I also don't know if he was perhaps drunk or if they had taken Ambien or if there was any kind of factors in right. there like that. I don't know enough about this case, but I, I do know enough that I believe he straight up knew she was in there. Yeah, and, I, it seems like everybody thinks that. I mean, this he, isn't a who's done it. Right. He admitted yeah, to shooting he her. He, he said, did. "I shot her." Aww. He and and then after he shot her, what happened? Like you said, he used the cricket bat because he 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 went. Wait, where's Reva? But see, he said if she was in the bed, and he calls out to her after that, "Where's Reva? Why the fuck didn't he?" he... And actually, what he oh, says God. is that he um he was crying out, you know, call the authorities, mm-hmm. call the after he has fired the shots, he's telling her, right. "Call the police, call the police." And after this is your first line of communication with with someone, as you fire four shots and Wake then tell up, him to call, I it. murdered someone. Right, and and in then not hearing something, he's like, "Well, where is she? You know, oh, where, God. where is she?" And that's, that's fishy, weird. very yeah. very fishy. I just start from being right in bed. I just think you would notice whether or not your significant other was in the bed with you. Yeah, especially no. in, if you thought someone was moving around. The first thing you do is check to see what what they were doing or alert them as well. I agree. It's it's. I think this guy, and again. When you look at this, this might not be the American justice system, right? This, but but it's another justice system that shows that. And they talked about in some of this stuff that, like, had this not been, had he not been who he was, had had he not been the person that he was from the family that he was, with the reputation that he was, he wouldn't have got the warnings and the and the constant. Okay, we'll let right. you off with this time. But yeah, he kind of already just it was very used to like getting OJ, away with things and, like, and used to that. Just really not seeing a consequence for the things that he does. Right. Yeah. Aww. And um, and now Sad. he got six years for for uh, for murdering somebody. But he on accident, apparently. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about you, Pistorius. I think we I mean, are we do are we all in agreement? What do you think? I am. I am. Yes. You got it. Just uh, nothing about fishy. what normal people do in in moments of like that. They just they don't they don't just get blindly out of bed and just go shoot a noise in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah I would need to see the intruder. most people don't see them at least not. So no, I don't know them. Right, you know. Yeah, yeah maybe one, mm-hmm. and like oh whoops, <laughs> but not four. Right, I don't know. Number three, the missionary murder of 2013. Though convicted, Nathan Leuthold, a missionary, shockingly didn't move or show any emotion, maintaining the same mimic he had since the start of the six-day trial, listening to prosecutors and waiting for judgment for execution of his wife, Denise, on February 14th. 2013. Leuthold killed his wife in order to be with his lover, a 20-year-old Lithuanian woman that he and Denise sponsored to study in the United States. He staged a break-in at his in-law's home, proceeding to heartlessly execute his wife. However, the break-in and execution were staged too perfectly to be just a murder caused by a burglar. A defense attorney, Hugh Toner, said, It makes absolutely no sense to me that you would stage a burglary and say that I don't want to do anything to harm my in-law's furniture, but yet in their home, I am willing to kill their daughter. Leuthold was sentenced to 80 years in prison. After the trial, his parents declined to comment and hugged Diane Newton, Denise Leuthold's mother, and left the building. William Harper, a fellow missionary, said the following about Nathan Leuthold. He was a very logical person and very much in control of his emotions. He said it was rare to see him do anything emotional. 
Yikes. Yeah, other than... So he's got the crazy eyes. I mean, but you know what? Even in that statement, it's interesting because it's like he didn't do anything emotional. Even his murder was so well planned out that the cops were like, this is the perfect murder. (laughs) It's too perfect. (laughs) You you clearly didn't do anything emotional. This wasn't something you you went, okay. Which is interesting. Again, you know, this guy, it clearly shows premeditation. Yep. And yet he only gets 80 years. I mean, he's going to die in prison. Yeah, he's this... also got a girlfriend on the side. So There's a lot of factors to this a case. Lith- a, Lithuanian, a, li- 20 year old a 20-year-old Lith- Lithuanian student. That's why he had to kill his wife. Yeah. So he could oh, be with her. Man. That's like but reason you know number 187, I think. <laughs> 20-year-old Lithuanian exchange student, right? But God will forgive him. <laughs> in the in the oh reasons to kill your wife yeah, checkbook. I think that was number one eighty seven. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that should be a special Valentine's Day book. <laughs> reasons to kill your wife. I'll get on it. <laughs> number two, the execution of Saint Valentine two seventy three. Did you know that Valentine's Day takes you in a murder? Like many things around early history after Jesus Christ's birth, the facts around St. Valentine are highly debatable. Many believe that his approach in human history is even inspired by two different people whose personas were amalgamated together over time. You can say amalgamated, Valentine was though. a humanist and a pacifist when it comes to Christians. Burgly. In Roman times, that was highly prohibited. Valentine was also believed to perform miracles, and those two things together were leading to his capture. After being tortured, he was beheaded by the Roman Emperor Claudius, led on February 14, 273. A beheading. So how lovely for Valentine's Day. A beheading. Just know that that's where it came from. It's just a little, a little God. beheading. Just a little beheading is all you need. All right, here's the last one. Number one. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929. Prohibition era Chicago, late 1920s, results from the struggle between the North Side Irish American Gang and South Side Italian Gang. Italian chief gangster Al Capone seeks full control over bootlegging, gambling, and prostitution by eliminating his rivals. Rivalry between gangs climaxed on February 14th, <laughs> 1929, <laughs> when seven <laughs> <men> associated <laughs> Irish gangster. George Bugs right. Moran were shot to death by several men with Thompson submachine guns distinguished as policemen driving an unmarked black police Cadillac. There were four suspects, and only two of them were wearing a police uniform, and the other two were wearing just regular clothes. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre was never officially linked to Capone, but he was believed to be a mastermind and responsible for the murders. The following victims... Now, th- basically, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, in a nutshell, um, clearly points to Capone. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. While it being unsolved, it, it was clearly um, him. Basically, essentially, what happened was, uh, in order to get control of this bootlegging operation from his, uh, his rival, this Bugs Moran guy, he was going to... Um, have his guys dress up like cops, go in like they were doing a bust, and then while they had the guys up against the wall, these other two guys come in with machine guns and kill them all. So they thought they had, They see the thing is they didn't even have Bugs Moran because Bugs was running late that day, and he was coming down, saw another car, 
or saw this police car going in and said, oh, well, I'm out of here. Right. Turns out the police car wasn't wasn't a police car. It was this this fake car. And then afterwards, after the you hear this big gunshot and everything in order to kind of avoid suspicion, the guys who were dressed as cops led the other two guys out of the building and I into the that. car. That is so genius. And though. drove them off. Such a genius getaway. So they didn't. So they're going, oh, they got him. And meanwhile, it's the guys who shot right. him and the fake guy, the fake cops. Yep. And these six dudes were just killed. They believed they had Bugs Moran, but they didn't. It was they think they had him in a in a uh, you know another guy that looked like him. But it was known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and it went down as 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 a horrible, brutal, bloody crime because I mean it really was. Um, but again, unsolved in a sense that nobody really ever got to pin it on Capone. But it, right. uh, come on. I'm sure it was Capone. So, uh, I don't know. So, there you go. That's um, that's uh, a whole bunch of uh, of bullshit that happened on Valentine's <laughs> Day that's worse than than how you how you feel about it if you if you're down on Valentine's if Day. If you're sad about it, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. A lot worse. But I mean, it's it's interesting because while not all of those had to actually do with Valentine's Day, a lot of them are tied to the holiday. Uh, just because of the date, just because of the circumstances or the situation. So all in all, um, not necessarily the scariest of holidays, but uh, it does have its bleak and bloody history. <laughs> so what was your fart favorite fart? What was your fart? <laughs> My favorite fart. What was your the favorite beheading, fart? Just the beheading. Of you like the beheadings? Valentine's guy, yeah. What about you, Danny? My favorite. My favorite fart. Yeah. What was your favorite fart? Mm, ketchup and onions. Ew. That's from that Step real fart. That's from Step Brothers. Ketchup and onions. Yeah, Step Brothers. What was your favorite Valentine's today? I really was into the Pistorius one. Yeah. Because I like I, that one, too. Uh, that's very, you know, of our time. And yeah. I think it's, uh, I just think it's interesting. There's not like a whole bunch to it, but yeah. I just really like I that. Think I'd like to go back and kind of look over some of those other yeah, details on that one. Other and other stuff. Uh, yeah, but uh, look, anyway, we got to get out of here. I hope oh, yeah. you guys have an awesome Valentine's Day. I do. We got a special treat coming up on our next episode. I just want to get you guys excited. We did talk about a documentary on our last episode called Patient 17, and the director of Patient 17, Jeremy Corbell, reached out to us uh, on social media and asked to come on the show And because we didn't really uh, so cool. intend to do a whole episode cool. about the documentary. It just kind of right. got us talking, and he wanted to clarify some details so we're going to actually be doing an interview with him on That's our next good, episode. That's good, because I was, so was kind of guessing on a whole lot of that proton neuron stuff, hoping I was getting it right. So. Yeah, so he's going to fill <laughs> us in. Great. So it's going to be awesome. So also, tune into that next week. I was going to say, I like I, we kind of listened back to the episode, and I was like, I felt so like worked up. I didn't know that the International Space Station and like the mutilation of cows, I, I was like, why do I sound so worked up on this episode? <laughs> I was just... You are, I was passionate. You're we all fired have up. our buttons. It's all good. We all have our buttons. All right, you guys. Look, have an awesome Valentine's Day. Get your uh, get your significant other something you. special. We love you. Be our Valentine. Aww. Thanks for um, listening. And um, hey, we'll see you next time. <laughs>